Welcome to Coach Bennett's podcast, where every run has a purpose, where kindness is hardcore, where this is about running, and this is not about running, where every starting line is a finish line in disguise, where rambling still gets you where you need to be, where pineapple will never ruin your pizza, and the sodas, adult and not adult kind are always cold, and where there is room on the starting line for everybody. I'm Coach Bennett. Thank you for letting me be a part of your day. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 22. That's right. Episode 22, Runners of the World Unite. Run nerds. Yeah, we're going to define what a runner is and we're going to dive deep into all that sugary goodness that is runners. So get ready for a really fun and dare I say joyous episode of coach bennett's podcast and we're also going to have the mindset minute with coach tammy we're going to open up the mailbag for a cool question from luke from las vegas and i'll get to talk about a couple of things that are inspiring me and i'm enjoying right now so let's get started welcome to episode 22 runnards Unite. That's right. Episode 22, Runners Unite. And this one, interestingly enough, I mean, at least I think it's interesting, was inspired by a Coach Bennett's newsletter that I wrote at the end of September called It's Good to Be a Runner, which actually was inspired by an Instagram post I wrote. I want to say it was 2016. So this might have been seven years ago. Yeah, I wrote a post on Instagram and I'll find it and I'll I'll include it at the end with the links and all that good stuff about being a runner and I I wrote it actually on a bus and I'm trying to remember where we were coming back from and and I'm not going to remember but it was some type of a Nike event and I remember I had been answering questions from some of the athletes that were at this event about some of the track and field races that were going on at the time and, um, you know, some of the races that I had run, teams I had been on, and some of this was about track and field, some of it was about cross country. I think there was a little bit of some discussion about some ultra, like maybe some Western state stuff. And the point is, is I remember um, bringing up, you know, names and times and places and all of this stuff. And the... (laughs) It was one of those situations where I think the original question was probably very pointed where I could have answered it in, you know, a minute and a half. And now we're looking at, you know, the 20th minute of my answer. And I finally just said, like, look, I'm a huge running nerd. I'm a runner. And they're like, what? And I said, I'm a runner. And I don't know if I had ever said that out loud. And they're like, a runner. I was like, yeah. And we just all kind of laughed about it. And next thing you know, I'm sitting down and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to write what it means to be a runner. And I'm going to look up when I wrote this. Let's see here. All right. I'm going to Instagram right now because this is bothering me. Um, all right. This is probably like, you're like, what is happening? Why are we? Why are we doing this right now? Why why can't you have done this beforehand? And here we, you've got to be kidding me. 
No joke. I'm, I promise you I did not plan this. This is literally no joke. I wrote It's Good to Be a Runner, the newsletter, on September 26th, 2023. I wrote my runnered post for Instagram on September 28th, 2015. This We're talking two days difference. Granted, eight years, but two days difference, and I never, ever would have guessed it was eight years. Wow, that just seems like so long ago. Yeah, so anyway, I wrote this post on Instagram about what a runner is, and I wrote that on September 28th, 2015, and I'll have the link to that as well as the newsletter, but I got such incredible feedback from the newsletter about people, uh, you know, saying one, I, I, they were, they felt so good about um, realizing one that there was a term for who they are, <laughs> and a lot of people that were writing saying that they were surprised that they're a runner, and they said they didn't see it until they read it. You know, they couldn't see it in themselves until they read it, and they were like, "That box is checked. That box is checked. That box is checked." Oh my gosh. I'm a runner, and it's akin to when people finally realize, like, I'm a runner, and it's like, yeah, and but people run, people run a couple days a week, people do half marathons and 10Ks and marathons, and they still don't refer to themselves as runners until sometimes you break it down for them and say, um, okay, this is what a runner is, which really is just someone who goes for a run, and they finally, for whatever reason, the light bulb, you know, goes off and... I guess I should say the light bulb goes on, not goes off. The light bulb goes on, and they realize, oh, I am, in fact, a runner. It's the same thing with a runner, which is why I'm going to go over this idea of what it means to be a runner and that it's good to be a runner. And runners should be out there celebrating that they are runners, and they should be forming groups and, 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 and storming the Bastille. No, that's stupid. They shouldn't be doing that. They should be doing the opposite of that. They should just be welcoming and inclusive and badass in all the ways. But we're going to go through what a runner is. And I thought, you know what? Why don't I start by just defining what a runner is? Does that make sense? Okay. So I define it in the newsletter as this. Runnered. Noun. A person that is wildly passionate about, inspired by, and interested in the sport of running at all levels and derives joy from taking full part in the sport and rejoices when others take part in the sport and is also never afraid to write a run-on sentence because the term run-on sentence includes the word run and that makes the runner so very, very happy. That's my definition of a runner. But before I break it down really even that definition further, I wanted to tell you a little bit about my journey to becoming a runner because it wasn't immediate. It, it, it wasn't something even that when I really was a runner was willing to even admit to for a lot of different reasons. And it goes back to being you know, very young where the, the sport of running to me was, was always available. It was always there. It was on TV. So Wide World of Sports was this show on ABC every Saturday, and it was I think it was about an hour long, and it would have a whole bunch of different sports. 
each weekend. So you may get uh, skiing and Australian rules football and some women's tennis and some track and field one week. And the next week you might get high lie, uh, global football, um, luge, and uh, speed skating. I mean, it, you just never knew what you were going to get, which was really exciting. But it was, it was all of the sports. It was the wide world of sports. And track was on quite a bit. But on top of that, you would also get track on the cover of Sports Illustrated. You would get um, track in the news. There were major indoor meets and outdoor meets that were on TV. So it was just something that was readily available. I'm only saying this because it was like a legitimate sport. It wasn't a peripheral sport. It wasn't something that you had to hunt down to find. It was just there. It was there like basketball and baseball and football and tennis. It was just there. And I did it. And growing up, there were lots of uh, opportunities to do it. I mean, not to mention the fact that that's what we did on the playground. We had races. It's what we did in our neighborhood, um, in our backyards and around the block and all that stuff. I mean, we were always racing and running around and doing all that stuff. But I did have the opportunity uh, from a young age to do cross country and even to do outdoor track. And I had some success. I was never the best kid. But I had some success, and the teams were good, and it was fun. And and the the point is, is that I I could have at that age thought like, oh, I'm a runner, but I didn't. I also didn't say I wasn't a runner. That would come later. Um, it was just like you know, I played basketball. I didn't run around saying I'm a basketball player. I played baseball. I didn't run around. And I didn't play baseball well, although I loved baseball. But I also didn't run around saying I'm a baseball player. I played tennis. I didn't run around saying I'm a tennis player unless I was playing and in that small group. Yes. So when I was playing tennis with tennis friends, we were all tennis players. When I was playing basketball with my basketball buddies, we were all basketball players. But I didn't go around on the tennis court saying I'm a basketball player. Nor did I go on the baseball field and, and say, I'm a football player because we played football at lunch every single day. Tackle football, by the way. Luckily, only tackle football when we got to play on the field. When we were on you know, the blacktop, it was two-hand touch. Aggressive two-hand touch, I'm going to tell you. So a couple times, it, it felt even worse than tackle. And I'll tell you what. You know, blacktop is a lot harder than the field unless it's winter time in New Jersey. And then I'll tell you this, the field was was basically like playing on concrete. So it's funny what the yard parents allowed us to do, you know. So we always had like some people that would, you know, walk around at lunch to make sure that, I don't know, we were in like fifth grade that we weren't doing terrible things. But if, it, if we were up on the field, we were allowed to play tackle football which in December in Jersey is you might as well just be playing on the concrete because it's just as hard. So this is this doesn't have anything to do with the story. The point is I didn't look at myself as a runner not because I was saying I'm not a runner. It was more just I didn't look at myself as anything other than I was playing the sport that it was that time of the year to play. When I got to high school, I wasn't sure I wanted to do cross country um for a couple of different reasons. One, I knew the team was the team was good, but I knew the team was super intense and I didn't know if I wanted to do that. I was really lazy, so I didn't know if I wanted to do that. The other thing was, in the early 90s, it wasn't looked at as like the coolest sport. 
it wasn't now I'll tell you what now it's nuts these these kids are rock stars okay and the sport is thriving and track and field cross country uh, are the highest participation numbers raw numbers sport at the high school level in the United States which is pretty insane you know and a testament to the coaches and the communities and the athletes what they have been growing over the last 15 or 20 years is nuts in the United States and you can see it in a lot of other places around the world as well which is why this sport is growing and I think thriving and I think we're going to have a delayed um, acknowledgement of just how strong this sport is I don't know why we need to have a delayed acknowledgement but I'll tell you this all the evidence I'm seeing is that the sport is doing really well. Okay. Can we do better? Yes. Can we showcase the different sides of the sport better? Absolutely. Can we make sure we're inviting everyone and anyone to the starting line? Absolutely. Because there's a place on the starting line for everybody. But we can talk about that state of the sport on another episode. Right now, I just want to talk about the fact that it was in high school where I was a little bit uh, leery of admitting that I was a runner. I tried to quit the, the team a ton, and we can have a behind-the-scenes on Coach Bennett if anyone wants it at some point where I can kind of go into my backstory more. I haven't really done that too much, especially in its entirety, but whatever. Maybe people don't want to hear it. Who knows? Point is, in high school, I, I, didn't, I wasn't sure I wanted to do the sport, one, because I was lazy, and two, because I thought, you know what, is this, like... Cross country, like, come on. And I didn't. I didn't refer to myself as a runner. I did cross country, and then I, I wanted to quit. And then I did indoor track, and I wanted to quit and not do outdoor track. But then I did outdoor track. And then I was lazy over the summer before my sophomore year. And rather than admitting that I was lazy and that was the problem, I just decided, you know what, I hate running, and I wanted to quit cross country. And it was teammates or a coach Every single time that made sure I came back, as I was willing to give up on the sport, some people in the sport were not willing to give up on me. That's why I stayed in this sport. It wasn't because of success I was having. It was because of the people, the relationships, coaches and athletes, teammates that I had. That's what got me back to the starting line. And really, I didn't probably admit that I was a runner until college but in high school I started to fall in love with the sport and if you want to be a runner you have to love the sport which means you have to do the sport the right way and it wasn't until really I had enough um I'm going to use the term obligation. Probably it's going to seem the wrong way because it's it's not an obligation. It's it's more than that. But responsibility um, maybe to my teammates to do more, to not be so lazy. You know, keep in mind I was still very lazy. But I was less lazy because I had an obligation to my teammates to be less lazy because they were counting on me and they deserved more from me than I was giving them. All of these things I'm just bringing up because they're all strengthening my relationship with running. So as my relationship with my coaches got better, as my relationship with my teammates got better, my relationship with running got better. I think too often we assume like, well, you got to fall in love with running by, by running. 
And it's like, well, I fell in love with running through my teammates and my coaches. That's, that's how I fell in love with running. I fell in love with running through hearing stories from older athletes about elite athletes. And I fell in love with running, reading about teams from the past that my high school had. And suddenly those athletes from years gone by became heroes to me. And I wanted to learn more about them and the struggles they went through and the highs and the lows. And it was, it was these people that got me to fall in love with this activity. So don't assume that the way for someone, anyone, you, to fall in love with the sport of running has to be the same. Because it doesn't. Some people go out and when they run, they feel free, they feel great, they feel strong, they feel confident, which I do too. But that's not why I fell in love with running at first. I fell in love with a different side of running. I fell in love with the side of those relationships with human beings that running gave me. And suddenly what I realized was, was I was most comfortable and happiest in this environment of these runners, these, these human beings. And we were running. You know what I mean? Like it starts with the runners and then we would go for a run or it starts with the runners after we had run. And that's what got me to fall in love with the sport. And then like anything else you fall in love with, whether it's an activity or a band or an author or a partner, you want to know everything about them because you have passion for them. And that was the same thing I had with running. I suddenly realized I want to know about the great coaches. I want to know about the great athletes. I, I, I want to know about uh, Joan Benoit Samuelson because I remember being little and I, I remember watching her win the marathon. And now I want to know the backstory to that because I have the memory and it's with me. Now I want to know everything about Joan Benoit. And I want to know what the world record is in the mile and the 1500 and the 800 and the 400 hurdles. And I want to know about, you know, the Western States 100 and, and what kind of people even attempt that and what's the longest race and what's the most miles someone's run in 24 hours and how many people run the, the Chicago Marathon and the Berlin Marathon and what is the world record in the marathon and it, like all of these things suddenly just like overwhelmed me. I wanted to know it all. Why are Kenya and Ethiopia so good? And, and when I was in high school, it was Morocco and Algeria. And, and why is that? And, and I want to know about Seb Coe and Steve Ovet and Steve Cram back in the early eighties, these British guys that were dominating middle distance running. And I want to know about Kip Kano. And it's, it just, it just went on and on and on. And the more I learned about the sport, the more I wanted to know about all of these great athletes. I wanted to know about Maria Mutola and the 800. And I wanted to know about Greta Weitz and the marathon. And it just, it seemed like the more I learned, the more I realized there was to learn, which was exciting. And suddenly before I knew it, I was a runner. And I realized that I wanted everyone to experience this. I wanted everyone to know how glorious this sport was. I wanted everyone to know how satisfying it is to start a run when your day is giving you all the excuses in the world to not go for a run. I, I wanted people to know what it's like to have a breakthrough. I, I wanted people to know what it was like to be really, really nervous on a starting line. I wanted people to know what it felt like 
to do something great in service of your team. I wanted people to know that what on the outside could look like a great failure could be a great victory. And I wanted people to know that on the outside, what could look like a great victory could be a great failure. All of these things that the sport kind of encapsulated and how you can take all of this and it can live in your life off the trails, off the track, outside of practice when you're not running. Whew, baby. I was a runner. I was a runner. And as I've gone through this existence as a runner, certain aspects of what it means to be a runner have kind of blown up in a good way. Like, I used to think that being a runner meant um, something super specific, like, you know, you, you, you knew what the world records were on the track, or you knew who certain runners were, you know, um, like, if, if you didn't know who uh, Paul Turgot was, you know, then are you really a runner? And the answer is, yeah, you, you can be. Because what I, what I realized was what's most important aren't those details. What's most important is really the love and the passion for the sport. And if you really love the sport, and if you're really passionate about the sport, the stuff that really matters aren't the things like memorizing these numbers. It's, it's about taking care of the sport. It's about sharing the sport. It's about celebrating the sport. And that then made me realize that really what it comes down to is sharing the sport with other people. It's about celebrating the sport and the people taking part in the sport. It's about inviting people to starting lines. It's about believing in them when they don't believe in themselves. It's about being a great teammate to other people. It's about being a fan of the sport and the athletes taking part in the sport, regardless of the level. In fact, being a fan of all levels is one of the best parts about being a runner. Going to a middle school meet or a master's meet or telling somebody that you're passing on a trail that they're doing great. These are some of the things that a runner embraces as the best parts of the sport. So it was something that as, as I've gotten, I don't want to say older. I'm just going to say as I've, as I've crossed more and more starting lines, um, I've realized what is most important about this sport and there's a lot that's important about this sport but I think sharing it sharing it is the most important I think that was the inspiration on the bus now that we know it was 2015 for me to write that original post because I felt like you know I I wanted to I wanted to showcase the nerdiness of it and also the love and I think those things are intertwined because as I've mentioned I think I think nerd is just a Another way of describing someone who has passion, someone who loves something. And I think calling someone a nerd is one of the great compliments, whether you're a nerd about running or whether you're a nerd for, you know, airplane or nautical models or 
banjos or Dungeons and Dragons or there's, you know, computer gaming nerds and there's photography nerds and there's knitting nerds and there's cooking nerds. Like, that's awesome. That is awesome to have something in your life that you nerd out about. So if you're a runner, which I'm going to assume you are because why else would you listen to this show, then embrace it. Celebrate it. I think it's fantastic. It means you have passion and love in your life. And I think we should be sharing as much love and as much passion as we can. There's not enough of either. And how do I know that? Because there can't ever be too much of those things. So celebrate the sport. And you do that by sharing the sport. And I'll tell you what, when you share the sport, you save the sport. Yeah, so there you go. That's that's where it came from. That's where the newsletter came from. That's where the Instagram post came from. And that's where the word runner came from. And I'm not saying I invented the word. I just, I, personally, I'd never heard the word before I wrote it. And I haven't really searched because I'm sure that somebody obviously came up with runner before I did. But, you know, if, if I don't look, then I don't know. So I can just say as far as I know, I don't think anybody wrote runner prior to that. And I used to use it kind of jokingly when I was coaching high school teams um, and at the camps and stuff. But, yeah, I think as far as I can tell, unless I can find an earlier mention of it. Yeah, we're going back to 2015. Eight years. Isn't that nuts? It is. Time flies. Speaking of time flying, it's the beginning of November. Are you kidding me? What happened to October? I mean, that's bananas. That's nuts. It's already November. And I'll tell you why I love me some November. Cross country. Yes, I know there's a huge marathon coming up this weekend. What's up, New York City? We'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But I am a cross-country nerd, okay? And I love cross-country. And we had conference championships at the NCAA, the collegiate level in the United States, last weekend. I was actually back in Boston to watch the Ivy League championships, which was fantastic. It was at uh, Franklin Park in Boston. I had never been to Franklin Park, which is crazy because that's one of the famous legendary courses in the United States, at least, for cross-country. The World Championships have been at Franklin Park, I believe. And I was there for the first time watching Heps. It was unseasonably warm. I think at race time... It was like 76 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, 76 degrees Fahrenheit at noon in Boston at the very end of October is weird. And it was weird. I'm not complaining because it was nice to get some warm weather before the drizzle and the cold hits Portland. But it was not easy for the athletes. But the athletes handled it really well because they're rock stars. And yeah, so that was that was fantastic that all weekend long it was uh, watching cross country or refreshing to get results at all the conference championships. We'll talk a little bit more about that um, probably next week because I believe you'll have the NCAA regional meet is next weekend where um, the qualifiers for that will meet at the NCAA championships this year at the University of Virginia in Charlottesville. So that's that's going to be pretty epic. There's On the women's side, there's going to be a really nice showdown between NC State 
and NAU. I think they're probably the two that have separated themselves on the women's side. And on the men's side, you've got the NAU men trying to win, I believe it would be their seventh championship in the last eight years. I mean, at the NCAA level, you got to make the case that what NAU is doing right now is getting up there with some of the best dynasties, regardless of sport, at the NCAA level. But they're going to have to watch out for a couple of teams. Oklahoma State has some Kenyan freshmen that are in that are running fantastic, and they seem really, really strong. So this is my nerd fest right now that I'm having with you. But the nerd fest isn't over because I'll tell you what, the NCAA level isn't even my favorite level of cross country, and it's not the pro level or elite level. Uh Uh-uh. It's the high school level. That's my favorite. We just started having state championships at the high school level in the United States last weekend. It's going to continue this weekend with a ton of state championships. I That's my favorite level. I think it's the purest level. 14 to 18-year-olds competing in cross country is just, it's mind-blowing because you have, you know, freshmen in high school are glorified eighth graders. They're just little kids. But 18-year-olds are, are young adults. It's this amazing four years of progression and growth. And to see them competing at something as awesome as cross-country. So at the high school level, it's a 5,000-meter race. And if you want to celebrate humanity, and if you are looking to be inspired, if you're looking to be motivated, if you're looking to find some something, Something positive, because if if you're turning on the news, you're probably being inundated with negativity. If you're looking for something positive, find out where a high school cross-country meet is this weekend. And if it's a state championship, even better. Make sure you dress accordingly and bring some food if you can, because it usually takes a little walk. There's a lot of different races, but but watch the athletes compete. Watch their teammates compete for each other. Watch the fans and the the teammates that aren't getting to run. Be at the starting line and look at the nerves on the starting line. Be at the finish line and just see the, the glorious exhaustion of these athletes and what they've put themselves through to be their best for themselves and their teammates. Ah, oh, it's it's incredible. It's incredible. Go to a cross-country meet. You will not regret it. Like I said, you will be inspired and motivated. And that's what it means to be a runner. Go out and support the sport. Be a fan. I don't care if you don't run cross country. Okay? Guess what? If you're someone who says, like, I do marathons, I don't do cross country. Well, I'll tell you what. The hundreds of thousands of people, and in some cases millions, that come out and cheer on marathoners, they're not cheering marathoners because they are marathoners. They're cheering on the people in the marathon because they are inspired by what the marathoners are doing. They respect what the marathoners are doing, and they're showing up to cheer for those people. So if you're one of those people that do road races and have strangers cheer for you, guess what? It's time to return the favor, okay? Consider the baton handed off. It's now yours. Go to a meet and cheer these kids on, all right? And then let me know how it was. Send me a picture. Tag me. Say, Coach Bennett, I supported the sport. What's up? It was amazing, because it will be amazing. I will be at the Oregon State High School Championships at Lane Community College this weekend, running around, totally out of my mind, cheering like crazy.
that's where you can find me. So, whew, and that'll be on Saturday. On Sunday, we've got a world major, the New York City Marathon. So if you're in the Northeast, maybe you go to the New Jersey or Connecticut or New York State Championships, Pennsylvania State Championships, I don't know, any of them, Delaware, Rhode Island, don't get mad at me if I don't mention your state. And then on Sunday, you can you know make your way into the city. I would use public transportation and go watch the marathon. There's lots of viewing parties everywhere. I'll put up a link to a couple. There's a lot of cool places to watch. But yeah, maybe go and check it out. And this fall, well, not this fall, every fall, is also a hot time for ultras. So maybe check the race calendar and see if there's an ultra. And if there's not, maybe there's an ultra in a couple of weeks. You know what you can do? You can contact the ultra meet management or race management and see if there's a way that you could volunteer to help out. Yeah. How cool would that be? It's another way to support the sport. It's what a runner would do. You know what I mean? That's what we do. We support the sport. And it's November, so there's going to be fun road races everywhere. I, I'm, I'm getting lots of people that are tagging me with their park runs in the UK or their half marathon they did in India or the half they did in Valencia or the cross-country race that they did in Missouri. I'm getting all these tags from everybody either at races cheering or at races racing or just, you know, it's, I love it. It's fantastic. So keep them coming because I love them. And that's handing us off for the Mindset Minute. That's right. We are back with the Mindset Minute with Coach Tammy from the Show Up Society Mindset Coach Extraordinaire, one of your favorite segments at least according to all of you, which all of you don't hesitate to tell me, that this is one of your favorite segments, the one where I'm not talking. So anyway, Coach Tammy is back with another Mindset Minute. Okay, I have a mindset tip for you. This is for if you are scared to do something, maybe like join a running club or a running group with other runners. But anytime you're scared to do something, I want you to think of the worst case scenario. Your brain will often go there naturally, but just play it out. What would actually happen if the worst case scenario happened? How would you handle it physically? What would you do if that were to happen? I also want you to think about, could you handle it mentally and emotionally? How would you handle that worst case scenario and what would you do about it? And then I want you to spend time on the other side of the coin. And this one's going to feel a little bit more unnatural to your brain, but I want you to spend time thinking about what would the best case scenario be if you were to go do that thing that you're scared to do? And then I want you to ask, could you handle that? So when you show your brain that you could handle both the best and the worst case scenarios, you're going to have much less resistance to doing the thing, and you might just go and do it. Yet another great mindset minute from Coach Tammy. Can I just say that every single time she's done it, she's clocked in between 58 and 60 seconds? If it wasn't so annoying that she was able to do that every single time, it would be amazing. Okay. So there you go. You've got your mindset minute that you can work on. And we are now heading into the next stage. And I'll tell you what, it's the late stages of this episode. We're getting towards the end. All right, we're going to slide right in to the mailbag. All right, so let's, uh, I, I, I know better now than to crinkle the paper, assuming that, you know, we're going to get some type of noise. I still haven't figured that out. I still don't have a jingle for the mailbag. I'm working on that as well. 
Patience, people, patience. But this question, let's see, here we go, comes from Luke from Las Vegas. Okay, Las Vegas. Now, Luke, I got to ask you, have you been to the Sphere? Okay, and have you seen you two at the Sphere? And is it everything I'm hearing, which is it's incredible, mind-blowing, life-changing? So let me know, all right? All right, your question. Coach Bennett, you're always inspiring me. I would like to know what's inspiring you right now. Okay, Luke. All right. Well, um, I'm prepared for this, okay? Just because in the last few days, I've seen a couple of things that have inspired me or listened to a couple of things that have inspired um, me. Uh, the new Gaslight Anthem album, okay? They're a band from New Jersey. This is their first album. I want to say in like 10 years, eight years, somewhere like eight to 10 years. And it's called History Books. Now, I know you're probably thinking, okay, the dork was going to love the album no matter what because it's called History Books. And that's not entirely true. It's not also entirely false. But I'm a huge Gaslight Anthem fan. And this is a really, really great album. I will include the link to History Books in the show notes but yeah it's it's fantastic i would say right now the song that i'm listening to quite a bit is autumn that's the third song on the album but there's a lot of different sounds on this album i'm i'm, I'm really intrigued by one song called michigan 1975 which doesn't sound like anything really i feel like they've done anyway it's great and there's also which is a boon uh, uh, the song History Books on the album History Books features Bruce Springsteen, the boss, okay? So I'm loving this album, and actually I, I did some writing this morning, and this was my soundtrack. So if you're one of the albums that I listen to when I write, that's that's about as great a compliment as I can give you. And it doesn't end there. Because there's a documentary, which I, I think I've mentioned on the Two Coach Bennett's Talking podcast with Coach Tammy, Show Up Society, um, where we've both mentioned Welcome to Wrexham, um, which is an unbelievable documentary on Hulu about the Wrexham Football Club. And um, I'm just going to, I'll put the link up. You need to see it. It's Rob McElhenney, McElhenney. McElhenney. I should know his name. I've been watching it for so long. And Ryan Reynolds, they bought the club in Wrexham, which is in Wales. And it's one of the oldest uh, football clubs in the world. So it's it's just really well done. And you should watch it. Watch it starting in season one. You'll laugh. You'll cry. You'll be inspired. It's, it's really beautiful. And Wrexham's on my list. I would love to actually go visit Wrexham, go to a game, and uh, have a pint or two. And uh, it just looks like a beautiful place uh, with some really, really impressive people that make up this town, this city of Wrexham. And yeah, that's about it. So that's that's the show. Yeah, I, I, I again, I was inspired by all of you because I was getting so much feedback from that It's Good to Be a runner newsletter that I figured, okay, if you want to know more about it, if you want to know where it really came from, well, I'll, I'll let you know. So <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. And really what I want to know is are you, do you have the confidence, okay? Do you have the moxie? 
Do you have the guts? Do you have the courage? Do you have the joy? Do you have the love inside you to just admit, celebrate, and glorify the fact that you are a runner? That's what I want to hear. I want to hear from you. After you listen to this, I want you to reach out. I don't care how. It could be you saying it. It could be, in fact, that would be badass. I'm just letting you know. If you film like a little video and you say, I am a runner, and you tag me on whatever, then, yeah, I'm going to repost that because I think it's great. I think we should be... We should be standing up and we should be, we should be proud of the fact that we're runners. We should be proud of the fact that we are passionate about something in our lives. We should be proud of the fact that we love something. And we should be proud of the fact that we have a relationship with something that we are willing to do the work for that relationship. And hopefully it will inspire other people to give running a chance. Because the more runners this world has the better this world will be, okay? There you go. All right, well, that was episode 22. So I'm excited because when I think of episode 23, I think of Michael Jordan and Don Mattingly, two of my favorite players of all time because they were both number 23. And if I remember correctly, I think 23 was a pretty good year. I think I had a nice time. I think it was a pretty good year. I don't know. It should have been. I was 23. Anyway, if you liked the episode... Let me know, give a review, give a rating. Please uh, follow or subscribe, whether it's on um, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It really does help the show. If you are a subscriber or a follower, if you leave a good rating, um, you know, if you leave a review, it really does help the show. So thank you if you're doing those things. Thank you for reading the newsletter. Thank you for following me on Instagram. It's like the first time I feel like the show is kind of in one way combined these with, you know, a post that was written in 2015. It struck a chord. And then almost eight years to the day, a newsletter was written about it. And now, a month later, I'm doing a podcast about it. So there you go. And it's all thanks to you. So thank you for listening. Thank you for reading. Thank you for reaching out. And... Until next time, take care of yourself, take care of each other. Thank you so much for listening to Coach Bennett's podcast today. And if you're not already following or subscribe to the podcast and whatever platform you're listening, well, I really wish you would because it helps a lot. Also, check out the show notes because you'll find a link to Coach Bennett's newsletter as well as all the social media sites that I'm on, places like threads and facebook and instagram and mastodon and youtube and even the artist formerly known as twitter whatever that dumpster fire is called today you'll find a link to it because i'm on there thank you so much again for listening and until next time take care of yourself